trust God because God can raise the dead. See, and this is so beautiful because really what Elijah does is he, he, he sees this woman's grief and, and she's holding her son. He's like, give me your son. And he takes the son and he takes him upstairs and he lays the son on his own bed and he prays. He cries out to the Lord. He says, Lord, do a work here. And he stretches himself on the child. Times of tragedy can shake your trust in the Lord at your core. There are so many emotions. Things are so complicated and painful. So what do you do? Where do you go from here? Well, as Pastor Daniel points out in today's message, you can trust God because he's able to raise the dead. This powerful God is at work even in the most tragic of situations. You can turn to him for rest and comfort and the ability to move forward in hope. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Kings chapter 17 as he continues his message, Trust and Resurrection. See, Elijah runs right into this widow, says, get me some water in the middle of a drought. And it's as she's going to get him water, he's like, bring me some bread. And she's like, bread? We don't have any bread. She's like, I got, I got a little flour and a little oil up. I'm, I'm getting these sticks. I'm going to make my one last loaf of bread. Me and my son are going to eat it, and that's all we have left. That's why he said we're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. See, this crisis now, without the rain, I mean, there's a spiritual crisis in the land, right? And now you have this drought that is over the entire region, and people are starving. And this woman is preparing to eat her last meal with her son. And she's like, and then it's over. This is the end of it. But then listen to what Elijah says. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Verse 14. The bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. This is such a crazy happening because he says to her, listen, this is what I want you to do. Go do what you said. But instead of making the loaf for you and your son, make it for me first. And then make some for you and your son. And if you do that, the one portion of flour that you have left, the one little bit of oil that you have left, it's never going to run out. Now, at that moment, right there, this woman has two choices. She could ignore Elijah, go eat her last meal with her son and die. Or she can trust the word of the Lord through this prophet, go give him the cake first, and then make some for her and her son, and hope that this prophet isn't lying to her. But what does she do? She trusts. And she trusts in such a way that she is moved to self-sacrificial generosity. 
She knows she's got one portion left, but she's going to give it to the prophet first. And my friends, trust is exercised by generosity. You know, we often think I'll be generous when I have an abundance. What if I told you that generosity leads to an awareness of abundance? See, we so often want to say to ourselves, listen, I'll do this when I feel comfortable doing it, but self-sacrificial generosity is never comfortable. This woman is trusting God by giving the last portion of what she has to a prophet who just showed up from out of town, trusting that God's going to do something. And of course, this reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. You know, it'd be so easy in the midst of this crisis for this woman to say, listen, man, there's a drought. There's no food. There's going to be no more flour. There's no oil. I'm not going to give you anything. But the beauty is, is that she is giving, trusting the Lord. She's a cheerful giver. And and she realizes that as she's sowing, that God's going to take care of her somehow. Right? And of course, I love this because as what we just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, The reason a person can be generous and function in generosity is because they're really just trusting God. They're not trusting that they're going to come up with more. They're trusting in the God who is able to make all grace abound toward us that us always having all sufficiency in all things will always have an abundance for every good work. See, she's taking God at his word. I'm always reminded of somebody giving out of their lack. Of course, the widow with her two mites. Jesus was there with his disciples watching people give generously in, in, in the temple. And he saw this one woman, she just gave a little bit, two mites. And Jesus commended her because everybody else gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her lack. She gave trusting. And you know, I think that in times of crisis, it's all too easy to not trust because you see the crisis around us. But of course, here we have a, another beautiful example of how we can choose to activate our faith. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing with your own generosity? Your giving of your resources, your financial generosities. Can I challenge you? And this is not about crossroads. This is about us trusting the Lord. If you're not generous at all financially, can you move from nothing to something? Simple step, step of faith. Right now you're doing nothing. Can you just do something? If right now you're giving sporadically, a little here, a little, will you move from something to systematically, regularly? Will you just take that step from, I do it every once in a while, to now I'm going to give every time I get paid. And if you're giving systematically, will you move towards self-sacrificial giving? Where with each, even though you give, that you keep upping what you give. 
Because really what you're doing is you're, you're trusting God. And what I think people find with you'll take that step from nothing to something and something to systematic and systematic to, to self-sacrificial, that your trust in God grows as you do that because now you're stepping on out and you're watching how God provides, just like this widow is going to do. She's going to trust the word of this prophet that God is going to provide. And notice what it says, God indeed does provide. Because look at what it says about what she did. It says, verse 15, and she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Wow. Now I know someone's about to say, how is that possible? And I'm here to tell you, With people, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. God is able to make his abundance abound in our lives. And I I just fear that for many of us, especially in our current crises, we don't trust the Lord because we're not ever exercising our faith in generosity. And we never actually put ourselves into a situation where we trust God. And many people who have taken those steps have those testimonies of when they got a bill in and then they, and they gave a gift to the Lord and, and they're like praying, like, Lord, I just gave all the rest of the money I had to you. And, and look at what's happening. Like, how am I going to pay this bill? And then God provides. And then like, oh my gosh, I can't believe God just provided that way. No, no. He said he was going to do that. So in the midst of this crisis, this widow is trusting God and God is moving. Now look at what happens next. Verse 17 of 1 Kings 17. It says, now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance? And to kill my son? Now listen, what we learn here is that tragedy challenges our trust. Tragedy challenges our our trust. Because, so this woman, she has experienced the miraculous hand of God, right? Her and her son did not eat their last meal. They've been around for a while. But then sure enough, as time goes by, we find out that the son of this woman, he becomes sick. And the sickness was so serious that he, there's no breath left in him, that he died. And at this point, her tragedy now shakes her trust in the Lord to its core. She said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and kill my son? See, all that has gone on before this moment, because of this tragedy that has happened, now all of a sudden, her trust is shaken. And listen, Unfortunately for many of us, this has happened where you were walking and you were walking strong with the Lord and God was doing a work. And then all of a sudden some tragedy hits and your trust gets shaken. And listen, if that's you, listen, first, I just want to say, I am so sorry for what's happened. I'm not... I'm not, I don't, I haven't lived such a, a sheltered life that I don't, I don't know what tragedy is either. I've had horrible things happen. But here's what I want to tell you. God is still trustworthy even in tragedy. And God is still working even in tragedy. God hasn't stopped working. And oftentimes in tragedy, we forget all that God has already done. And all we can focus on is the present hurt. And that hurt is real. I mean, and, and if you're, and if you're here today, listen, and, and you've got, you've had tragedy, reach on out to us here at Crossroads. Talk to our chaplains. 
Call on in. You know, we have some amazing grief share, different ministries that we run here. If there's been a tragedy, because we want to walk you through it. We realize that the stages of grief are messy. It's not easy, but it's not the end of the story either. And of course, in Jesus's own ministry, we see this. Listen to what happened to Mary and Martha at the death of their brother Lazarus. This is John chapter 11, verses 21 to 26. It says, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. And, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And, and Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I mean, what a tragedy. I mean, if you remember that story from John chapter 11, they called for Jesus because Lazarus, who Jesus loved, was very, very sick. And Jesus delayed on purpose. He didn't go. And by the time he gets there, they're already mourning and weeping. Lazarus has already been buried. And, and, and they're so upset. They're like, Jesus, if you had just been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus reminds them, listen, this life is not all there is. And, and it's an important reminder in times of tragedy that, listen, the Bible says that, God, we need you to teach us to number our days, that we might incline our hearts to wisdom. All of us have a, a set number of breaths here, a set number. And we don't want to make them happen quicker, but we realize that this life is not all there is. And Jesus said himself, I love it so much. He's like, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he says, do you believe this? And I ask you, my friend, do you believe this? Whatever tragedy you're going through, whatever loss that you're grieving right now, whatever has happened that has shaken your trust in Jesus to the core, do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection, the life, and that this life is not all that there is? You know, sometimes people used to say, and it was real popular for all, YOLO, you know, hashtag YOLO, you only live once. Listen, you only die once. And if you're in Christ, you get to live forever with God. That's why I believe so much in Jesus. That's why I believe so much. Now, of course, some of you say, well, in the book of Revelation, says you die twice. And that's a bigger discussion that we're not going to get into right now. I just want to make sure I close that loop for you theologians out there. Get a little upset if I just say you only die once. But, but really, you have one shot at this physical life. And then you step on into eternity. And Jesus is the resurrection, the life. And listen. We have to remember that there is life beyond this. There is a hereafter that awaits all of us. And Jesus came to secure our hereafter with him. In my father's house, there are many mansions, he said. I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you. God wants us to be with him where he is. Now, look at what happens in the message. Verse 19. Back in 1 Kings chapter 17, it says, and he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying. And he laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and he cried out to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. 
Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. My friends, you know why we trust God? It's really simple because God can raise the dead. We can trust God because God can raise the dead. See, and this is so beautiful because really what Elijah does is he, he, he sees this woman's grief and, and she's holding her son. He's like, give me your son. And he takes the son and he takes him upstairs and he lays the son on his own bed and he prays, he cries out to the Lord. He says, Lord, do a work here. And he stretches himself on the child. It says he does it three times. And, and I think what's so powerful about this is that really what we see here is Elijah is pleading with God in prayer. He's persevering in prayer, right? That he realizes that God's work isn't always done in an instant. You might say, why does it have to happen three times? Why doesn't it? I mean, what's the difference? This kid was dead and then his He's revived again. This was long before we had paramedics and they could shoot adrenaline into your heart. They have those, you know, those devices that shock you. This was long before all that. All you have is Elijah trusting God, laying on top of this boy, praying. And he does it three different times. Now, can I ask you this question? Where have you started to struggle to persevere in prayer? Where is there something that you haven't seen the answer for it yet? And you, because you haven't seen the answer for it yet, you stopped praying about it. You'll never forget when I was a young pastor, there was a situation. Uh, someone started coming to the church that I was pastoring and not here at Crossroads. And, and I remember this was somebody who, some other people in the church had known this person for a while. And, and there was all these things going on and, and we were trying to minister. And, and somebody who, who knew this person for a long time was real frustrated and, and said, you know, Pastor, you guys shouldn't take the time in this situation. We've seen this a million times before. You know, and, and the same thing always happens. Things get worked out and then they, they fall off. They go crazy again. And it's, it's just nuts. And I'm like, well, maybe this is the time this thing's going to hold. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But, but it's a great reminder that I think we're so used to getting things immediately. We're so used to having fast internet. We get faster deliveries you know, Amazon gets your stuff there in a day, or at least used to, right? And it's like, you go into the store, used to having all the shelves stocked, and now we go into the store sometimes, and there's not everything stocked. We're like, what's going on right now? We're so used to having everything so easily that we forget that when God wants to do a work in a situation, oftentimes he wants to work on our character and work on our trust more than just answer our prayer. You know, as we learn to persevere in prayer through things, God does a work in our lives. So maybe you stopped praying for your marriage a long time ago. You said, this is never going to work. Listen, you need to start again. Maybe you stopped praying for your kids. You need to start again. Maybe you stopped praying for this vision that God gave you 30 years ago or three months ago, right? Because you're like, oh, that's never going to happen or situations change. Listen, we need to learn how to persevere in prayer. 
Nobody was watching Elijah. Nobody was sitting there cheering Elijah on, being like, you can do it. Keep praying. No, he just did it. He trusted the Lord. And after three times, you know, it doesn't say it, but maybe, maybe Elijah would have prayed 300 times if it didn't happen. We don't know. But what we know is it didn't happen instantaneously. God can work immediately. But what I've learned is that God doesn't often do that. Because God wants to do a work of resurrection. He wants to do a work of resurrection. Listen, Jesus was buried for three days. Jesus could have came out of that grave the next day. He could have came out of the grave in 500 days if that was God's will. See, oftentimes God moves slowly, much slower than we want. And of course, God's timing is different. But when you realize that God raises the dead... Why shouldn't we trust him? See, the resurrection is the ultimate reason to trust God. See, because you start to realize if God can conquer sin and death, then God can conquer all of my situation. God can conquer my fears, that I can live in generosity. Because if God can resurrect Jesus from the dead, then God can work through this situation. If I help somebody, or if I live generously, or if I take of my lack and I give it to somebody else, God can do a work of resurrection. And of course, and Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 8, verses 8 to 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. My friend, when you believe in the God who resurrects the dead, then you can live boldly in Christ in the midst of the greatest crises. Everybody else can say, I'm not going to believe in Jesus. They can persecute people who believe in Jesus. And because you believe in the God who raises the dead, you can stand strong in the midst of that. Right? God wants to do a work and he's looking for people, not a people of great faith. He's looking for people with a little faith in a great God. People who simply trust like children. Remember Jesus? He had all the kids there and all the disciples. They were so complicated. He brought the kids around. Listen, let the little children come to me, he said. Don't forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. If you don't enter the kingdom like one of these innocent kids who just trust, you can't enter. Oh, my friend, listen. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what part of the crisis you're in or what's going on right now, but listen, we want to have, we want to trust God like children, trust their parents with an innocent trust. Gosh, we get so complicated, don't we? I catch myself, I get so complicated. And listen, not everything is simplistic, but really, if God can raise the dead, then what am I worried about? If God brought Jesus out of that grave, we're fine. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is alive right now. Jesus is real. And Jesus is inviting all of us to, to trust him. And so it's my hope today that you will simply trust the Lord. And you'll trust the Lord by exercising generosity. And if you're in the midst of a tragedy and tragedy has shaken your faith to the core, then listen, we need to deal with the tragedy, but also remember that God raises the dead. And God wants to do a work of resurrection in your life, in a million different areas, if you will but trust him like a child. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel urged you to cling to the reality that God has the power to raise the dead. This fact should underpin your trust in God's ability to do absolutely anything. 
you can know that he's able to handle whatever you're going through, whatever crisis you find yourself in. And he wants to use that power to change you from the inside out as you say yes to Jesus. You can take your little bit of faith and rest in the knowledge that he's at work in you and around you. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's word and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to jesusisrealradio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Take a look at the clock and come back next time when Pastor Daniel dives into a discussion of how God wants his people to use their words in ways that represent God's truth and his heart for the world. You'll learn more about how you can take advantage of the many opportunities to share God's perspective on different topics with the people in your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.